I'm going to speak some things that I spoke this past Friday. I do encourage you to, take, to get that message of uh, this past Friday, uh, 15th of January. If you can get that message and you can listen to it, let me see how far we can go with this and I will repeat so many of the things that I said on Friday, but it would be so good for you to listen to that message also, I minister this past Friday. As I was getting ready to come and minister again uh, on Friday 15th, the Lord said this to me in my heart, that Davis, I'm a holy God. I'm holy. I thought, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? I'm holy. I'm a holy God. My name is Holy. We serve a holy God. And therefore, I'm going to speak about that. God is holy. God is holy. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12. I hope you still have your prayer and fasting guide. I don't, I don't know if we'll have some time to touch on some things. But go into Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 from that Amplified Bible. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with the superficial values and customs but be transformed and progressively change as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Now, let me uh, define that word holy. You remember when God spoke to Moses or Eve, if he met with Moses in the wilderness, and then he told him this, remove your shoes for the place that you are standing is holy. You remember that? Now, this is what that word means actually. Holy is sacred. Sacred. Or as we say it here, sacred. Sacred, sacred. Uh, pure. Sacred, pure. Blameless. Consecrated, separated, sacred, pure, blameless, consecrated, separated, properly revered, properly revered, worthy of veneration, that is to be esteemed highly, that's veneration, esteemed highly, uh, worthy of veneration, and then another one is God-likeness. In other words, like God. God-likeness. Holy is sacred, pure, blameless, consecrated, separated, properly revered, worth of veneration. God-likeness. It's like God. If there is word that we'll have forever and ever and sing forever and ever, and we'll find it in heaven, is Holy. If you think about heaven, you think about 
holiness. Holiness. God is holy. Holy. He's a holy God. And then, uh, then again, uh, another, another statement I want to make there is, God's hol- holy is God's innermost nature. That if you are dealing with God, you should know that you are dealing with the nature of God, which is holiness. God's innermost nature. And then another word, holy, is, is set apart for God. If something is holy, it's set apart for God. It's consecrated. Consecrated is set apart. You remember the, the building of uh, the temple of Solomon. Uh, we find that in First Kings. That when that temple was built, there were vessels in the temple of God that were set apart for God. They're not supposed for, to be used to, for any other purpose, but they were set apart. In other words, they were holy unto God. They're not to be used for any other purpose. And then we know that the children of Israel rebelled against God and they were taken into captivity. And we see them in Babylon. We, we know, you know the scriptures. They were in Babylon. He found so much that in the book of Daniel. And Belshazzar was the, the son of King Nebuchadnezzar. And one night he had a party with his lords. That's what the Bible says in, in uh, Daniel chapter 5. He had a party and, and they were drinking wine. And at some point, because remember, when the temple had been plundered by, by the Babylonians, all the vessels that had been set apart for God, which are holy unto God, had been taken also by the Babylonians, by Nebuchadnezzar. So Belshazzar, uh, when he was drunk at some point, he said, oh, we have uh, uh, holy, we have vessels, not holy, we have vessels uh, from the, the Jewish people. Why don't you bring them in so that you may take wine out of it? With his wives, the Bible says, the lords who are there, wives and concubines. And they started having, taking wine from those vessels. The Bible says as that happened, there, was, there were fingers and a hand of a man that appeared on the wall and judgment came upon that king. Why is that so? He touched that which was holy. He was proudful enough to disregard the maker of heaven and earth the God of Abraham, the God of Israel. And judgment came on that night. The Bible says the, the passions came in, and that was the fall of Babylon, because that same night, Belshazzar was killed. Why? He touched that which was holy. God is holy. God is holy. And in fact, the word that is given there by, by, by Daniel, when he, you know, he gave the interpretation of that, that which, came, which, which the hand had written on the wall, it was, you remember it? Many, 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 many. Takel <laughs> Abhasim. You've been weighed, you've been found wanting, and this is the end of you, and tonight, that's it. You'll be gone. And he died that night. In fact, the, the, Daniel said this by the Spirit of God, it's because you have disregarded the God who set you on the throne, 
who actually had set your father on the throne and when he was pride and he thought that it was his power and his might that had made him the king, God made him for seven years go to the wilderness and he ate grass and his, his, his uh, fingernails were like uh, of an eagle, what do you call them? Claws of an eagle. Now look at this, the stripes and shadows. The stripes and shadows. When you look at the old covenant, you need to think is there are types and shadows. And when you look at the new covenant, we are now in the real thing. Now think about this then. Why I'm saying that? It's because he touched that which was sacred. He touched that which was holy. Which was reserved for God and his service. Those vessels were reserved for God and his service. Since nothing that is polluted could be holy, purity, purity becomes a big part of holiness. Since nothing that is polluted could be holy, purity becomes a part of holiness. In our generation, I know there's no so much. People don't want to talk about uh, sexual purity. But if you find you're dealing with God, that's the main thing that we have to deal uh, in our own lives and judge our lives. In fact, if you, believe, you remember when the Gentiles were being while coming into the kingdom of God, there was an assembly in Jerusalem of, the, of uh, the apostles and all the others gathered in Jerusalem. And he says, since these Gentiles have come into the kingdom of God now, what are we supposed to do? They say, tell them not to pollute themselves by, by eating food with blood. I mean, meat with blood. And then to keep themselves uh, free from idols. And then another thing is this, that they may not practice sexual immorality. Because remember, in any aspect of living, living from God, immorality comes in. Anytime there's any kind of rebellion, again the types is the, 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 the children of Israel, anytime they left God, they started worshipping other gods. There was Baal, like in the time of King, uh, uh, King uh, uh, the time of Elijah, that he had, to, Prophet Elijah, that he had to deal with uh, Baal, Baal worship. One of the wicked kings that had ever uh, lived in, in Israel or reigned in Israel was King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. And the Bible talks about uh, that time there was that temple worship of, uh, of many gods, the Baals, and one of the, the, the words that is used also in the temple during the, rei, during the reign of those kings, they were perverted people, and if you look at that word perverted, actually they were homosexuals. Perverted people in the temple. It came to a place when Manasseh became the king, God, so to speak, was fed up. And he says this, because of your sins, because of your wickedness, you're worshipping other gods. You have introduced the customs of other nations whom I had told you to destroy completely, but you have brought them into my house. You have polluted my house. This is what is going to happen. I'm going to send judgment and you'll go into captivity in Babylon because of your disobedience. What does that mean? There are, there are blessings were if they are going to keep 
the, the word of God, the commandments of God. So if I'm going to say it in a word of faith kind of preaching, then being a doer of the word is walking in holiness. Now think about this. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, you can look at it from the, from your, uh, in, in your own time, Deuteronomy chapter 30, it talks about that in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and chapter 29 and 30. But, but look at this then, as long as they served God and worshipped God, they walked in freedom from their enemies. But any time they started serving other gods and mixed themselves up with other gods, they were in bondage. So what does that mean? The disobedience that they walked in was unholiness before a holy God. And if they obeyed God and they consecrated themselves to God, they were walking in holiness before a holy God and that attracted the blessing and that attracted also the blessing of God which enabled them to be free from their enemies. Holiness is our freedom. Holiness is our freedom. Holiness is our victory over the enemy. The way to have a voice in the realm of the spirit and to have a voice in this nation is for the church to walk in holiness. Listen, people, we cannot read the same book or be on the same script with the world. No, never. That's why he says in Romans chapter 12 that you may be what? We renew our minds. In other words, that you may be established in the culture of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has its own way of thinking. And it's ever, will ever be contrary to the kingdom of the world. Because the kingdoms of the world is controlled by the devil. We can't think the same like the world and serve a holy God. It's our freedom. Holiness is our freedom. Walking in holiness is our freedom. It's our liberty. It's our voice. It's the voice of triumph in the, in the spirit realm and speak the same language with God and God's void voice is powerful and full of majesty. That's our freedom. His name is holy. A holy God calls for a holy people. His name is holy and he's looking for people who are consecrated to himself, separated deeply to himself. People, we should know that we are, I would think of this. If I had Deacon Duncan maybe saved me from something that is, I was about to lose life and I needed one person to save me from that death. And then Deacon Duncan shows up and helps me out of that and saves me from death. And I'm saved because he came, he showed up right on time. I would think of these people, if I'm an honorable man, I'll think of this, for the rest of my life, I'm indebted to him. Why? I'm living because he paid the price for me. 
Probably some, if it was a war, bullets flying and all that all around, he, he actually put his life in, into jeopardy to save me. Then I would think that if he's any kind of a, needing any kind of help from me, if I'm in a place to help him, I will. And I think I'll do the same to his wife. I'll do the same to, the, to his children. Why? I have a covenant with him because he saved his, my life. We have one. His name is Jesus. He paid the price in full for you and I. He did more than you and I can ever imagine. We can ever think, even if we came collectively, we started thinking of what he's done our imagination is still limited unless we are given revelation by the Holy Spirit. I do think he's worthy of our 100% consecration. 100% allegiance. 100% not half-hearted worship, but 100% to him and him alone, and we are committed to everything that the kingdom stands for, we become uncompromising church. We, we don't compromise in any way because what he paid, the price he paid for me, is so big that we have to honor him. That brings in holiness. That brings holiness. People need to, to understand as a church, we are at war. And the thing is, is you can't go to war half-heartedly. You can't go to war once in a while you show up. Or after church, you, think, you forget about everything that has happened in, your, in, you know, in, that, in that service. And don't live the, the, according to the word of God. Listen, it takes 100% commitment so that you may see results. If we are talking about influence, church, there has to be a hundred percent consecration that no matter what happens around you, you refuse to, to compromise because you serve a holy God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9 and 10, He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Do you remember those uh, vessels that I spoke of in the house of the Lord? That you are that special. You are God's own special people and he says this, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now look at this, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God told the children of Israel, if you serve me, you'll be a, a nation of priests to me. A holy people to me. But if you forsake my commandments, you forsake my word, so to speak, which means that you are bringing in now unholiness, then you'll be brought into captivity. And I will reject you. And he said that. But look at this then. If you are talking about a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
His own special people, that he may, we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't you see that holy people, actually, their praises are weapons of, the, of our warfare. When you lift our voice together, we are roaring in the spirit. King Jehoshaphat was such a righteous king in, 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 in uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, the Bible says that the enemy had gathered around him and he cried unto God and, and God spoke through the prophet of what they were supposed to do. And he sent forth praisers. There's a word like that. Ahead of the army. And as they said, the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. The Bible says that God sent ambushments from heaven and destroyed the enemy and they plundered the enemy. What is that? Our praises become stronger as God's own people as we walk in holiness and in honoring God. When we are consecrated to God, there's lots of singing in the world. And many of it depressing. Our liberty comes in when you are walking in true worship. Or else you'll never ever see what is happening in, in, in the body of Christ. A form of worship, but lacks power. A form of godliness, but lacking power. Listen, listen, church. Holiness is the power of God released to operate in your, in, in your life and to make things happen for you. His grace, his favor, his mercy, wherever you go. Who once are not your people, but are now the people of God. Who are not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So if we realize this, church, we are without, without God. We are no people. We are not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. Oh, we owe him everything. We ought to consecrate ourselves fully. Listen, that's how we should be in our prayer and fasting, that we, we go back to God into some things, some, from some things that we had let go, and we go back to God and say, God, I just want to offer 100% without reservation my own life. Let me say something here. Again, I say holiness is our weapon against the devil. Holiness is our freedom from the world of sin. It's our victory over the devil and all his assignments. Let me say something here, which is so important. Because sometimes, when you speak about holiness, people walk around in condemnation. But it's because they don't understand. In Isaiah chapter 6, let me read this scripture here in Isaiah chapter 6 from the New King James Version. Bible says from verse 1 in the year the, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now he, was, he saw the heavenly presence. Holiness is the sound of heaven. It's a voice of heaven. Above it stood seraphim, each one has six wings, with the two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with the two he flew. And one cried to another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. My goodness. You know we are talking about, we've been talking about the glory of God and all that. That's how we ought to experience that glory of God if you are consecrated fully to, to God. And separated to him. And our lives is all about him. If there is anything, it's all about Jesus. And I'm fully committed and serving him. So I said, all is me, for I'm done because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Now look at this there. If you want to know, and you don't have to be told by anyone, be holy, do this, you know, those don'ts and do's, those are, the, those are quote-unquote the holiness of men. Can I tell you of quote-unquote holiness of men? You ladies should not have earrings. You should have a long skirt. You should not have, even masks, you need two of them. One on your forehead. No, 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 no. That's, the, that's, that's according to the standards of men. That's not, that's not the standard of heaven. Can I tell you something? Let me, let me give you, let me show you liberty, how holiness brings in liberty. If you really want to know about the holiness of God, you must know how to enter into his presence. He will, you will see him the way he is. And you will see, you'll see yourself the way you are. And you realize that I have fallen short in this area. I need to change. To never drive you from him. You know the problem? That we think of do's and don'ts? Because we don't know God. We don't know how to enter into his presence. But if we know how to enter into his presence... You know exactly what is requiring of you to live as a person consecrated to him. And you'll never do something because you don't want, you, you'll never do something because you do not want someone else to see you. An example, I don't hide, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not striving, you know, to stay straight because of my wife, Tina, but it's because I know God, and I know what he requires of me. So I have to enter into his presence so that I may see his standards, and that he may, I may see what is lacking in my life, that I may correct it, and that I may walk consecrated to him in holiness. That's liberty. That's freedom. That's not a shackle. Shackles show people how to dress. Shackles show people what to do and what to do. If, why? Because they don't know anything to his presence, so they have to be shown. Let me touch something here. If the church knew how to enter into God's presence, I'm telling you, the abundance of provision from him will be amazing. Because I don't think if anyone 
will know how to enter into the presence of God and has to be reminded how to tithe. That steals the voice of the church from the, from the, the, the voice of the church in the nation. And you know what happens? The priests who are supposed to be in God's presence, they go to the world to get support. That's why you can see some pastors run into the politicians to invite them to get some money or to be given handouts. Come on, look at the scriptures. There was no successful king in the nation of God, the Israel. No king who was successful didn't have a voice of a prophet. The voice of the prophet is for them to, for that king to be able to keep the commandments of God and to be guided of how to stand before God's people. But unfortunately, in the church now, there is a reverse. That the ones who are supposed to have the law of God to go to the politicians to be given handouts. There's something wrong with that. God says this, I want my church back. I want my voice to be heard for the, in the nations. Why? Because my people are consecrated to him. And I know it's so easy to say this, to think like, yeah, I know he's talking about those bishops and those pastors. No, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you. What about what influence do you have? in the places that you go to. Get into his presence. Experience his glory. He will show you exactly what you're supposed to be. Holiness is about going into his presence and knowing his presence and knowing him and say, God, there is no one like you. Isaiah saw him and he says, behold, I'm a man of unclean lips. In other words, he was convicted of his sin. Listen, church, we are not called to convict people's, uh, other people's sin. No, that's not our work. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But look at this. If we walk in holiness, I'm telling you, there are people in sin, they'll come around us, and they will be convicted by the presence of God in our lives. And do you know what? It won't drive them away. It will drive them into God into his presence. Then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live call, which had taken with the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this hand has touched your lips and iniquity is taken away, taken away and your sin purged. And uh, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and will go for us? Then I said, Here am, I am, send me. You see what happens actually now when we know that our sins are forgiven? We become bold. We become bold. When we enter into his presence and we are consecrated unto him, and when you walk out there, we are bold as a lion. We are unmovable. We love not our lives even unto death. Why? This body is just living it. I'll be in the next place. Oh my goodness, there's no pain, there's no sweat. There's no AC, there's nothing. It's just wonderful by itself, perfect. All perfection is in the glory. Why would I fear man? 
But that's what holiness will do. The consecration unto God. Listen, we have a voice in our generation. We have a voice in our nation. And that's what God says, I want my church back. I want my people back. Boldness. When the Pharisees and all those people who are, who are standing against the, the, the apostles in the book of Acts, they say when they saw the boldness that was upon Peter and John, and knowing that these men were uneducated, they had no formal education, they knew that they had, he had, he, they had been with Jesus. So then, brethren, Mark 7, 14 to 23, Are you still here? Mark 7, 14, 23 says this, and when he had called all, all the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear me everyone and understand. There's nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, they are things that defile him. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Defile, that is, make unholy, actually, unclean. Because it does not enter his heart but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. And he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Say it. What comes... Out of a man, that defiles a man. What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Your words matter. Your words matter. If you are talking about the voice of God or the voice of the church in the nation, then your words matter. They are carriers of spirits. Either the spirit of God or the spirit of the world. But what comes out of the, heart, the mouth has come out of our heart, of our hearts, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now look at this. It goes to the next one. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So what is yours on my assignment? Guard your mind. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Guard your heart. Church, I will emphasize this. That never before. Don't be hooked to social uh, to, 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 to mainstream news. Be very careful. Because it's so easy to believe a lie and open the door for the, to the deceiver, the devil, to take you another direction. People are going to cults. People are believing lies and they stand for lies. Be very careful about mainstream media. Be very careful of what is called news. Be very careful of what goes to the media and the social media. Why? We are guarding the temple. 
We are guarding the house of God. That you may not believe a lie. That you may always stand the truth. Listen, it's the truth that will endure forever. It's the truth that will endure forever. Now the lies of the enemy, he'll one day go into hell with them. Lies don't last. They do not last. What people can accept in one generation. I mean in a, some few years. But at some point, those lies will be lost completely. And people even forget. But the truth will endure forever. The truth is this. There is a heaven. The truth is this. There is a holy God. The truth is this. Everyone who denies Jesus Christ, there's a hell for such a person. But the righteous, the righteous shall, shall, shall who am I been talking to? Shall, shall shine. Shall shine. Looks like Deacon Yvonne has been coming close. Shall shine like stars. Righteous. Quickly, in first, uh, see you wind up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. Is that the right scripture you're on? Uh, from verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, from verse, verse 1. Chapter 4 from verse 1. It says this... Uh, Listen this uh, carefully. says this. Uh, uh, Finally, then brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know the, what the commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Say, this is the will of God. My sanctification. That's the will of God for you. My sanctification. Your sanctification. And then he says this, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles. Like the world system. Everything is immoral. Uh, like the Gentiles who do not know God, but that's the problem, they do not know God. We don't blame them as much. They do not know God. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of, of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. Listen to this verse 7. For God did not call us to uncleanness but in holiness. For God did not call us to uncleanness but in holiness. Let's read it out together. For God did not call us to uncleanness but in holiness. Separated completely unto him. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given, also given us his Holy Spirit. God has called us in holiness. Do you know what that means? We can enter into his presence. Do you know what that means? We can see him. Do you know what that means? We can be purged of our sins. And we can stand in liberty, serving our generation with the word of faith. And then in 1 Peter, chapter 1, 13 to 16. 
It says, therefore, guard up the loins of your mind. That is what comes into your thoughts, into your mind. Remember, that's what you looked at in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. What comes into your mind? What thinketh thou? <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you thinking about the service right now? As a man thinks, so is he. What are you thinking right now? I remember a certain lady years ago, you know, in, on Victor Faith Church used to have those buses, you know, bringing us to church and, and, and back and forth. And then uh, 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 we were seated together, you know, came from church. And, you know, sometimes people are quiet in the bus and seated to more, mostly a stranger. And then I turned to her and I say, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? And she looks at me and says, where is that? I say, that's in the Bible. She said, as if you knew what I was thinking. <laughs> but anyway, we got to, to, to start talking after that. And I've known her for, for years and years. Now, now, but what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Let me tell you about holiness. Think of what you're thinking. Think of what you're thinking continually. Guard your mind and your heart. Consecrate yourself unto God. Therefore, guard up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I'm holy. Say it. Be holy, I'm holy. Let me tell you something about God. He is faithful and just. He will never ask you, you or me anything that he has not enabled us to do. He will never ask us to do anything. Anything. Like he said, be holy, for I'm holy. He will never ask us to do anything that he has not equipped us to do. You have received the spirit of God who enables you to walk in holiness. You have the ability. You may find young people say like, you know, mom, it's not like the, your time. Our time, the temptations are everywhere. You know what, mom, you didn't have cell phones. The temptation nowadays even at midnight, you can be chatting in the bedroom with a boyfriend. You know, we, you know, there's no sexual purity in our generation. Really? You're calling God a lie? There's no temptation, temptation that comes to man, but that which is common. It's common. Common. The lowest. It's common. This is what it means, young person. This is what it means, more mature people like us. This is what it means. God has equipped us to walk, to walk in holiness. He has given us his spirit. He has given us his blood. He has given us his word. He has given, he's redeemed us. He broke the curse of the devil. Of perversion and evil in our generation. That we may stand as a city set in a hill. 
for the world to see that God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the Father of our, God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father, is a holy God, and we are his holy people. We are chosen generation. One scripture, and then you go. Pastor, today, yeah, on purpose. See, you are a Let me read to you some certain scripture Miss Ruth shared with me in Exodus chapter 33 from uh, uh, the NLT. Listen to this. What Moses said, New Living Translation, 33 verse 13. This is what Moses said to God. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And look at this verse 16. It says this. It says this. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence. Listen to this, church. Your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people of the earth. Your presence among us. A holy God indwelling holy temples. He says this, your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Lord, your presence. And we want for your presence to dwell in holy vessels. What is the name of the Spirit of God? Holy Spirit. Rise upon your feet, please. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Speak to this holy God. You know your life. You know your heart. You know where you've been. Just lift up your hands, please. Just lift up your hands, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just speak to him, speak to him. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father. Your presence, Lord. Holy God. Him to forgive you, ask him to cleanse you, to allow condemnation to come into you. Just see him as the one who paid the price for you. Make that fresh commitment, God. Father, I want to honor you with this life. I want to live for you, Father, for the rest of my life. Forgive me from every compromise. Forgive me from every uncleanness. You said, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me. Wash me with your precious blood. 
and I give my life to you, Father. Thank you. Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. As we enter into the second week of this fast, Holy God, Holy Father, may your spirit, your spirit, just show us things that are removing us from your presence. And as we come to your presence, Father, that you may cleanse us, your holy fire may come into this earthly altar and burn every chaff and burn everything that is common and that you may be fully committed to you, Father, consecrated unto you, that we choose and offer these bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to you, Father, which is our reasonable service. The choosing not to conform to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of you, Father. Father, help us that we don't believe even one lie. If there is any lie that we have taken as the truth, we ask you to forgive us. Every plant that your heavenly Father has not planted in us, we approach it. And we receive the truth. The truth brings in holiness. The truth lifts us up. The truth enables us to walk in your presence. Father, as a pastor, I speak that divine ability to be awakened in the hearts of your people to walk in holiness to all completely consecrated unto you every gossip, every slander, every unforgiveness every idle word spoken, I remit the sins of your people in the name of Jesus you say Jesus, whoever sins you remit, you do remit I remit the sins of your people and Father, thank you for the work of your spirit in the hearts of your people I praise you, Father, for your glory. We want your glory in your house. We want your glory in your church. We want your glory in our nation. Lord, take your church back. The God of Israel that you've never changed. And thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles, and the, the glory, the wind of the Spirit coming in and coming into the church and changing things that have been there and bringing in a new wave of the Spirit. So your people rising up to have a voice in the nation to the glory and honor of you, Father. Thank you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen.